Be this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. We're looking at chapter number 7 this morning. Joshua chapter number 7. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 19. The book of Joshua chapter number 7. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Joshua chapter 7. Began reading with verse number 19. The Bible says, Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done, and don't hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon. 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. This is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. The title of my message today is The Downward Spiral of Covetousness. The Downward Spiral of Covetousness. Father, I just pray today that you will take the Word of God today. Lord, not my sermon as such, but but, but the true Word of God today. And God, let the Word of God penetrate our heart today. God, I pray, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message and and upon the messenger, Lord, today. And God, give us ears to hear the word of God today. And and God, may we do something with what we receive today. Father, I, I just ask all of these things in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, when God finally led the children of Israel into the promised land, he gave them clear instructions. And the instructions that he gave, or among the instructions that he gave, was that all of the spoils that they took from the city of Jericho were to be brought into the treasury of the Lord. The spoils from the victory in Jericho were to be dedicated to God. 100% of them. 10-4, over and out, end of story. 
spoils from future victories in other cities that they would conquer. They, they, they could become the personal property of the people. But the spoils of Jericho, which by uh, the way was the first city that they would have to overcome, and the spoils of that first victory would be dedicated to the treasury of the Lord. Time and time and And time again in Scripture, God tells us either directly or indirectly that He demands first fruits. The first 10% of income, God's, it's called the tithe. Not what's left over, not after all you pay the bills, if there's anything left. No, 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 it's called first fruits. The first 10% of income, the tithe, goes to God. The first day of the week. That's today. The Lord's day. Honoring the Lord. First fruits. The first part of our day belongs to God. The first thing you ought to do in the morning is not look at Facebook, but look at the Word. First fruits. God says to... Joshua, the spoils of Jericho, the first city you will conquer, all of the spoils will be dedicated to me. But Achan disobeyed. Covetous got the best of him. He took what God had said belonged to him and he took it for his personal benefit and use. The sad thing is people do this every single week when they get their paychecks. They take the first fruits that belong to God. God says that it is His. And they take the first fruits that belong to God and they use it for personal use. Let me be clear this morning. My purpose today is not to heap condemnation on you this morning, but but my purpose this morning is to inform you. My purpose this morning is to remind you of the seriousness of coveting. But not just coveting what belongs to your neighbor, but an even more serious crime of coveting what God says belongs to him. So let's take a look at this Bible story that we've read this morning. And in this story, I I believe that we can see the downward spiral of covetousness. covetousness. There There are five things this morning that I want to point out to you in this story. First thing I want us to notice this morning is the desire. You see, covetousness always begins with desire. Verse 21, Achan says, Among the plunder I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold. He said, I wanted them so much. Notice two phrases here. He said, I saw and I wanted. I saw and I wanted. Is this not the story of man over and over and over and over again? I saw and I wanted. It began with with, with Adam and Eve. All the trees in the Garden of Eden Oh, they were allowed to eat from except one. Only one was forbidden from them. But guess which one they wanted? They saw 
And then they wanted. King David, he, he could have had any woman that he wanted as wife. He's the king. He could have any woman he wanted as wife except Bathsheba. She was already married. Therefore, she was off limits to him. But which one did he want? He saw. Therefore, he wanted. See, man usually wants what he doesn't have. The multi-millionaire of years ago, John D. Rockefeller. Multi, multi-millionaire. But somebody asked him one day, Mr. Rockefeller, how much is enough? Wouldn't you think if you had multiple millions of dollars, surely you would have everything you could ever need or want? But when this multi-millionaire was asked, how much, do you, how much is enough? He answered, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I only want what I don't have, is exactly what he was saying. Achan said, I saw, therefore I wanted. Listen, we need to be very careful what we allow our eyes to look at. Because the Bible says that the eyes are a window to our soul. And friend, what we allow our eyes to look at is an invitation to whatever it is that we are looking at to enter our soul. Amen. Here's what I've discovered. I, I don't even want something until I start looking. Amen. That's why I don't go shopping. I don't understand shopping. If I need something, I go buying. Yesterday I realized that the only shirt I had that went with these pants that I wanted to wear this morning was long sleeve. I didn't want to wear a long sleeve shirt. Therefore, I need a short sleeve shirt. So I think, where can I get this short sleeve shirt? They have a nice quality shirt for a good price. I can get it quick. Five minutes later, I'm back out in my truck. I got three shirts. Not sure which one's right, knowing that my wife and my daughter will help me when I get home and they can take back the other two. I don't understand shopping. I need something, I go buying. But I don't just go shopping because when I just go shopping, I see stuff. And when I see stuff, I begin to want stuff. Stuff I didn't even know I wanted until I begin to go shopping and see stuff. So I don't just go shopping. I don't just go seeing. Why don't you change your wording there? Instead of saying shopping, I'm, we're going to go seeing. <laughs> I, don't just, I don't just go shopping. I don't just go seeing. I don't tempt my eyes with stuff. 
I don't drive through the new car places. It's a really good idea for me because I'm driving an old Ford. It's got 150,000 miles on it. It's getting kind of tired. I think it's got a couple of years left. I don't drive through new car places because I know if I drive through new car places, I will see something. And when I see something, I will want something. But I didn't even know I wanted. it. I don't take a Saturday morning and say, hey, you know, for something fun, let's, let, let's, let's go looking at open houses. Dumb. Because when I start looking, I start wanting. Covetous always begins with desire. Desire begins with the eyes. First we see, then we want. Some of you are looking at what you shouldn't be looking at. And what you have been looking at has turned into desire. And these desires are for things that you have no business having. And you, like Achan, want want what God has forbidden you to have. Next thing I see in this story is the the decision. The decision, verse 21, I wanted them so much that I took them. Notice, I took them. Them. Our decisions determine our destiny. Achan could lay the blame on no one but himself. I took them. Nobody made me, nobody twisted my arm. I made the decision. By choice, I took them. Now, Adam blamed his wife and Eve blamed the serpent. But the fact of the matter is they sealed their own fate. They determined their own destiny when they made the decision to disobey God. And by choice they chose to eat of the forbidden fruit. David made the decision to call for Bathsheba knowing full well what he was doing. Knowing full well he was sinning. Knowing full well he was doing wrong. Our decisions determine our destiny. Where we are, what we have, why we are the way that we are, all of these are the byproducts of our decisions. And at the end of the day, we can blame no one but ourselves. No, no. We chose to do it or we chose not to do it. We chose our reaction to the situation. We chose the path that we are on. Now, Adam and Eve had no choice in being tempted by the serpent. They had no choice. But they chose how they would respond. David had no choice in being exposed to a beautiful, naked woman. But he had a choice in how he would respond. You see, desire in and of itself is not wrong. It's how we decide to respond to our desires that determine if we have sinned or not. 
I don't know this morning, but Achan, Achan was probably not the only one that had a desire for some of the spoils of, of Jericho. Surely there were others that had, had a desire for some of the spoils, some of the stuff. Surely the thought crossed other people's mind. Well, why do we have to give all of those spoils to God? Why can't we have some of the spoils? Well, it would be nice to have some of these spoils. Surely Achan was not the only one that had a desire for some of the spoils of Jericho. But he allowed his desires to get out of hand. And he didn't just see the spoils of, uh, of Jericho, but he continued to look upon them until he began to lust for them. See, we need to understand this morning, it's not the fleeting thought that comes across our mind that gets us into trouble. You will never become so righteous. You'll never become so holy. You'll never get so close to God, but while you will not have an evil thought, that you will not have an immoral thought, that you will not have a, a bad thought come across your mind. It's not that. You know, it's actually the devil's job and then to put thoughts into our mind. And it's not the fleeting thought that comes across our mind that gets us into trouble. It's those bad thoughts that we dwell on that begin to grow and begin to grow until they eventually consume us. Let me give you three things we need to do this morning with our decisions. Number one, we need to take ownership of our decisions. Stop blaming everybody else. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 3 says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And the wisdom writer goes on to say, And then they are angry at God. Say this with me. I got in this mess. All by myself. We need to take ownership of our decisions. Not only do we need to take ownership of our decisions, we also need to learn from our decisions. Amen. Learn from our decisions. Some people make the same dumb mistakes over and over again. Everybody makes dumb mistakes, but it's, it's really dumb to make it again and again and again. We need to learn from our decisions, the good ones as well as the bad ones. And then number three, we need to start making better decisions. Start making better decisions. Let me tell you that better decisions equal a better life. Achan said, I saw, therefore I wanted, and then I took. Notice the third thing that I see in this story, and that is the deception. Verse 21, Achan said, I hid them in the ground beneath my tent. I hid them. The deception. See, Achan knew that he had done wrong. He knew that he had in his possession what was not his. And so he hid. He hid it. He tried to cover it up uh, so that no one can see what he had done. I don't know, but perhaps there is no more, miserable, no more miserable person than the person that is trying to live with secret sin. That person that is living a double life. That person that is, that is portraying one thing outwardly, but, but hiding and harboring a secret sin. Oh, that they hope every single day they hope will not be exposed. 
And so here they go, they slip around. Oh, they are living their life constantly looking over their shoulder. Oh, every day living in constant fear. Will this be the day when I'm exposed? Will this be the day oh, when I am caught? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, but perhaps I, I can definitely see this happening. I, I can see Achan. Oh, I can see him slipping into his tent where, when nobody is around. Oh, I can see him digging up the gold. I can see him digging up the silver. Oh, I can see him digging up that colorful robe from Babylon that he had stolen. And oh, he looks both ways. I can see him looking both ways. He looks in front. He looks behind. He makes sure that nobody is watching. He makes sure that nobody is seeing. Oh, making sure it's just him and him alone with the stuff that he is hiding from everybody else. I wonder how much satisfaction Achan received from this hidden sin. Not very much, I would imagine. Instead of satisfaction that he thought he would receive, it's guilt, it's condemnation that he feels. Oh, oh, maybe I'm describing somebody here this morning. You, like Achan, have, have some secret sin, some buried treasure that doesn't belong in the life of the child of God. Oh, the devil told you that this would bring you happiness. The devil told you this would bring you satisfaction to your life. The devil told you that in order for you to be truly happy, oh, the only way that you could be happy was only if you would do this thing or have this thing or harbor this thing. Oh, he told you that life would never be good for you until you took this forbidden fruit. But you have discovered... That in your process of trying to deceive others, Satan has deceived you. My advice to you this morning is come clean with God. Come clean with God. Achan did, but only after he was caught. I wonder about some of the confessions that take place only after being caught. Don't wait until you are caught. Come clean with God now, on your own, before you get caught. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The fourth thing that, that, that I find in this story this morning is I, I find the discovery. And this discovery is also found in verse number 22. Joshua, Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there. Notice the phrase, found the stolen goods. See, you cannot hide anything from God. Sin will always be exposed eventually. Oh, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But eventually, eventually your sin will be exposed. Jesus said in Luke 8 and chapter 8 and verse 17, Jesus said, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will be brought into light and be made known to 
And Romans chapter 2 and verse 16 says, The day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Wow. Wow. Now, when you think about secret sin, our mind immediately goes to sins like adultery and lust and pornography and alcohol and drugs and some of these types of sins. That's what we first begin to think about. But perhaps you're not involved in any of these things. Uh, but perhaps for you, perhaps for you, maybe you are trying to hide jealousy. Maybe you, your sin might be bitterness. Maybe it is unforgiveness that you are harboring. Perhaps your secret sin is feelings towards someone, ill feelings, maybe even toward God. Perhaps you have, you have been harboring resentment towards God because, because, quite frankly, you think He's been a whole lot better to everybody else than He has been to you. You look around and you see what other people have and how other people live and other people's relationships and you look at yourself and you look at your, your own life and there's some little bit of bitterness that begins, some jealousy, some, some envy that, that, that comes in, oh, some covetousness that comes in, oh, some ill feelings, not only to people but also to God. Well, you're seeing God, you're being so good to them, you're blessing them, but what about me? What about me? Oh, you think you have it buried. You, have, you think you have that secret sin covered up. You bring it out every once in a while to examine and see if they are still there. You hope that no one else sees. Oh, oh you hope that no one else knows. And maybe you have been successful in hiding them from other people. But God sees them, and if you don't deal with them in private, He will deal with them in public. We're talking about the discovery right now, hidden sin, secret sin. All sin will eventually be discovered, whether it be the sin of covetousness, like Achan's sin, or some other sin. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about this morning in this story is the destruction. The destruction found in verses 24 through 26. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had. They brought them to the valley of Achor. Joshua said to Achan, why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. And they piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. This is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. The destruction. Let me make three statements this morning as we finish today. Three statements from these verses I just read. Number one is the pleasure of sin is short-lived. 
The Bible says that sin produces pleasure. It admits it. But it says it's only for a season. The pleasure that Achan enjoyed from his secret sin did not last long. And friend, neither will ours. The second statement I'd like to make is that sin always affects others. Notice what Joshua said to Achan in verse 25. He said, why have you brought trouble on us? He didn't say, why have you brought this trouble on yourself? He said, why have you brought this trouble on us? Sin always affects others. Sin always brings trouble. And not just on the guilty. Pastor, that's not fair. No, it's not. No, it's not fair. That's why God hates it so bad. Sin always brings trouble, not just on the guilty, but on all of the people who have a relationship with the guilty party. Achan's entire family was destroyed. Pastor, I don't understand that. I don't totally understand it either. But it lets me know the seriousness of sin. And see, see, we don't have every detail. We don't know what all happened. We don't, we, we, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say, but maybe his family was involved in the sin. Doesn't say. Doesn't say they weren't either. Maybe they were involved. Maybe if they weren't directly involved, they were involved in helping him cover it up. Whether, whether this happened or not is it's irrelevant. But the truth is the sin of covetousness as well as every other sin will always affect other people. Everything that we do in our life affects other people. It affects the innocent as well as the guilty. And the third thing I want to say about these verses is sin leads to destruction. Lives are destroyed when people sin. Sin that goes unrepented of and sin that goes unforgiven will destroy lives and eventually will destroy the eternal soul. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, The wages or the penalty for sin is death. If we get the musicians and singers back in place this morning, we've been talking about the downward spiral of covetousness. Achan allowed his eyes to look too long at what was forbidden from him. Friend, it's it's Satan's job to catch our eye with forbidden fruit. It's the devil's job to dangle 
forbidden fruit in front of our eyes to get us to look at what we not, should not be looking at. It's our job to turn our eyes away from the forbidden. Desire comes into our hearts when we, when we continually allow our eyes to look upon the forbidden. Achan progressed from desire to decision. He decided all by himself. It was his choice and his alone. And eventually he decided to stop looking and start taking. And after he took, he then, he then began the process of deception. Uh, he took what he had stolen and he hid and tried to cover it up. And after this came the discovery. And it always does. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. And then finally, the last step on the downward spiral, destruction. My question for you this morning is, where are you? Where are you this morning on this downward spiral? Hopefully, you're not on this downward spiral at all. So you say, Pastor, I sat through 30 minutes for nothing this morning. No, you didn't. Because God's word for you today is be careful. If you're not on this downward spiral this morning, God's word for you today is be careful. God's word for you today is be very, very cautious. God's word for you today is be alert. Because Satan is out to get you. And none of us are above sin. David, the Bible said he was a man after God's own heart. But it happened to him. Demas, Demas was an associate of the Apostle Paul. But it happened to him. Paul said of Demas, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. What happened to him? He got on the downward spiral of covetousness. And Judas, Judas, walked with Jesus three and a half years. Judas, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it happened to him. So don't get so smug. Bible says, take heed lest ye fall. Can we stand this morning? Amen. Father, I just pray today. Father, that you'll take the word of the Lord that has been shared this morning. I don't know who this message is for this morning.
people here today that are if there are people here today that are harboring secret sin, I don't know. Maybe this whole message is for for those that are not on the spiral downward spiral of covetousness. Maybe this is a warning. Maybe this is an eye opener. Maybe this is a reminder for us today to be careful what we allow our eyes to see, to be careful, to be alert, lest it happen to us. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll do your work today. Holy Spirit, would you do what I am unable to do, and that is to convince the heart of your people. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed and nobody is looking about this morning and I wonder all over this room this morning, maybe you're here and nobody's looking about. And, and I, I know this would really take a lot of guts this morning. I know it. But I'm going to ask the question anyway this morning. You're here this morning, you're in this room today, and you are harboring secret sin. And today is the day when you are going to come clean. With God. You don't have to tell me what that sin is. I'm not going to ask you to tell anybody else what that is this morning, but today is the day when you are going to come clean with God. Nobody is looking around. If anyone looks around right now, you're in trouble. If you have the guts to respond to this altar, this question this morning, I want to see your hand all over this room. I have secret sin in my life. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. God bless you over here and over here. God bless you. Thank you. How many others this morning? There's three people that had enough guts to do it this morning. It's a bold question. I have secret sin in my life. It might not be pornography. It might not be alcohol or drugs. Again, it might be ill feelings towards somebody even might even be mad at God. Today's the day to confess it and come clean with God. Anybody else in this room this morning? All over this room, anybody else today? All right, we're early this morning. I'm not going to single out those three people this morning because it's none of your business. But I appreciate them being willing to do this this morning. Others should have lifted your hand. And just because you did not lift your hand does not mean you cannot come clean with God. Does not mean because you didn't answer the pastor's altar call. No. You can still come clean with God. I want to invite everyone, everyone this morning. Let's come and let's find some time. Let's, let's come to the front this morning. Let's spend some time in the presence of the Lord. You lifted your hand or you did not lift your hand. But everybody... Everybody come this morning. And those of you that lifted your hand this morning, do more than lift your hand this morning. Come clean with God. Come clean with God at this altar this morning. Those of you that should have lifted your hand, that didn't lift your hand, you you come clean with God today. Come clean with God. Confess your sin. God already knows it, but He needs you to confess it this morning. He needs you to come clean with it. He needs you to ask Him to help, help you this morning to overcome it. I believe that He can this morning. I believe that he will. And all of us this morning, it'll be a good opportunity for all of us to look at our own lives and examine our own lives this morning. Maybe we're not on that spiral yet, but maybe we're right on the verge. 
or we see, wow, I can be vulnerable in this area, or I can be vulnerable in that area. I better be careful. I better keep my eyes wide open. I better keep my eyes wide open. Lest the enemy deceive me. Amen. One-on-one time, just you and God right now, just you and God. 